Do you have any idea how hard it is to make a living as an entertainer? If this is something that could help me, yeah. then I could certainly go and help other people. There are millions of people who want to do it, and very few ever make a dime. It feels good. It's like an endorphin rush. Because it's really difficult. Actually, well, a little bit, but I hypnotized myself out of it. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream. It was Future Shop, which is the Canadian version of Best Buy. I get to talk to the few who actually have made it. They make their living in the world of entertainment. I dreamt my entire life, my entire life, uh, to be surrounded by water. Big thank you to Phil Ranton, the Comedy Podcast Network. Because I never I never thought of myself as a funny person. It's weird. Artwork by Tom Burns, original music by Diana Lawrence. Rich, take everything away from me. Put me on the streets with nothing, and it won't take me long before I find it. Hey guys, got a great interview with Nadine coming up. Just wanted to take a minute and say real quick, thank you so much for listening to my show. This is episode number 26, and I really appreciate it. Whether this is your first time listening, or if you listen to all 26 episodes, or anywhere in between, I really appreciate my listeners. And if I will do the show no matter if, if just my mom listens, or if thousands of people wind up listening. I would prefer the latter, so if you would help me out, I'd really appreciate it. Go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast, and just like it. Uh, write me a, a Facebook wall post, you know, it, tell me what you think of the show, it, tell me if you like it, tell me if you hate it, tell me if you have a problem with it, or a suggestion, I'll take any of that. If you go to iTunes and subscribe to the show if you haven't already, and also if you want to rate the show on iTunes or leave a comment, that would help me out a lot. The more comments, the more ratings I have the better it is, the, the more traffic will come. And if you want to repost any of my postings on of my Facebook, like the link to where people can download the show or tell your friends about it, the more listeners I get, the better. As I said, I'm going to keep doing it no matter what, and I really appreciate all of you listening to the show. And without further ado, here is my very interesting interview with the queen of hypnosis, Nadine. Living the dream, I have Nadine with me, the undisputed queen of hypnosis, as they call you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, so you've been a hypnotist. How long have you been doing this gig? Since 2003. Wow. All right. Yeah. So you've been at it for quite some time. And uh, I wouldn't dare ask a woman her age, but you look young. So I'm assuming you started out pretty young. What originally got you into the idea of hypnosis? Like, where did you even discover that? Uh, well, really, I started doing it as a therapy. It really, really helped me on a personal level. I was able to eliminate a lifelong depression that I had I'd always struggled with depression and nothing ever seemed to work. And uh, when I stumbled upon hypnosis one day, it helped me alleviate that lifelong depression. And I wow. felt like it was miraculous. Yeah, that's amazing. And you're t of course, you're talking about being hypnotized, not being a hypnotist at that point. Um, actually, well, I was taking a, a course in hypnosis of how to be a hypnotist. Oh, OK. And during that course, the the teacher pulled me aside and hypnotized me and uh, that lifelong depression had lifted off of me after just one session. One session, one session, lifelong depression gone. Yes. That blows my mind. It blew my mind too. I bet. Yeah. All right. Uh, so hypnosis comes along and you're from Canada originally. I'm from Canada. Yes. And uh, is now I, I don't know much about other countries. Uh, I'll be, I'm very typically American, unfortunately. And in America, I don't think the average American knows that much about hypnosis. I don't think it's like, it's not very mainstream. It's not on television very much. It's not necessarily on like radio. Um, it's kind is, of the same for Canada too. So it's not necessarily a big thing there either. Yeah. Canadians have, I would say the same exposure as Americans to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so when you were like toying with the idea of becoming a hypnotist, 
did that ever cross your mind of like, ooh, I don't know, I'm, I'm entering in a world that not a lot of people know about? Did that Was that trepid at all? Or? No, it never crossed my mind, actually. Uh, when I first ta- had taken the course, it was more out of out of curiosity more than anything else. And because my results were so dramatic, I thought, well, there's nothing I possess that you don't and vice versa. If this is something that could help me, yeah. then I could certainly go and help other people. And I really just made it... Uh, it just became my life to to do the therapy and I'd done therapy for years and years before I even stepped onto a stage I, I actually never imagined myself on a stage okay until, until it finally happened yeah so uh about how long did you did you do the therapy thing uh like uh I did the therapy for about four years before oh, wow. I even got on stage yeah and what was there any like a like a moment that you go you know what I'm gonna take this in front of an audience yeah, I'd go to all these hypnosis conventions and they'd always be like, hey, kid, you should be up on stage representing us. I was always the youngest person there. And uh, <laughs> and they would just say, you know, you should. And I d- didn't really necessarily have a very good image of stage hypnotists because I didn't like the idea of embarrassing people. Uh-huh. But once I realized that you could do a, a, a fun, clean show where people are laughing with, not at... And that it would be a really great platform for the therapy because most people who go see a hypnotist for therapy is because they've been exposed to stage hypnosis. Yeah. So, yeah. I certainly wouldn't have known. I, I don't think I would have even known hip- hypnotherapy existed had I not been for seeing a stage hypnotist first. For sure. Did you Had you seen a lot of stage hypnosis before you got on stage? Before I got onto stage, uh, it was very modest. I took a, I took a couple of courses uh-huh. from other stage hypnotists. And I uh, went to my old place of work and asked if I could do a show for the Christmas party. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So your first time was in front of people you knew. Was it? Yeah. Do you think it was harder or less hard to be in front of people that you knew as opposed to strangers? I, I think it was good. It was Future Shop, which is the Canadian version of Best Buy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I used to sell all the TVs and audio equipment and stuff. No kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So so everybody there already knew me and wanted me to succeed. I was very lucky. I had a room of, you know, a really fun type of atmosphere. It's a fun place to work. So Okay, you know, yeah. So, um, but I had been away from there for a few years. And when I came back uh, to do the show, everybody was really enthusiastic and really, really great about it. And I got lucky. My first show was was very successful and uh, worked out really well. So that was enough encouragement for me to continue. Absolutely. So as a comedian, for example, like if if I'm like, yeah, I want to be a comedian, I can go audition for comedy theaters and stuff like that. Uh, As a hypnotist, when you go, okay, I've done a successful show like did you know what the next step was going to be or how to go about that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Like, where do you go from there? And uh, so a lot of stage hypnotists will will want to do high schools and colleges and, and, and a lot of corporate stuff. And, and that's that's pretty much the the market for hypnotists and, and a lot of fairs, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but after I did it, I wasn't bitten by the by the stage bug, I guess. <laughs> I guess you would say or, that you know, um, what a lot of entertainers say I was still very dedicated to my work in the clinic and the clinical work mm-hmm. and really continued with my clinical work and uh, through my course through my time there I had done some stage stuff but nothing really significant but then um, I wanted to do a charity show and I had rented a theater and got a lot of people in the community together and did this really big show for charity it went over really really well 
and very shortly after that i had a friend who um had offered me cruise ships Oh, wow. And I couldn't refuse. I dreamt my entire life, my entire life, uh, to be surrounded by water. Really? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, it's I like cry tears of gratitude every time <laughs> I know I'm going on a ship because I'm going to be surrounded by water. And uh, the charity show went really well. But of course, before he could get me on, he he needed to see a tape. He needed to see a recording of the show. Mm. So I sent him that show, which was a show I had just done a couple of weeks before. And uh, it worked out well because here i am yeah well obviously yeah. yeah i'm curious about this so like uh growing up did you did you spend a lot of time on the water and you wanted to go back to that or was it just something no you... i grew up in a city that was landlocked oh, okay so i just dreamed about being around surrounded by water <laughs> and is since now that you've been doing that is it everything you thought it would be like is it it's everything and more it nice. really is yeah i really love the ocean that is really cool yeah uh so now, you know, you do cruise ships a lot, I assume. Um, do you still have like a practice back home somewhere or something or do you? I've had because my travel schedule was so heavy, I've had to close the doors to my office, of course, because it's not fair to my clients. Sure. So now I have a waiting list of people and I only take clients on a referral basis. Wow. Yeah. So uh, about how many weeks on estimate do you think you might be gone in a given year, like on cruise ships? Um, that's a good question. My career only now has started to build more momentum where mm. I'm getting more work. So I'm hoping to be on for... Uh, that, that, honestly, Rich, that's a really good question, but I don't know the answer to it. <laughs> like, ideally, like if you could dictate your schedule and just tell them, like, how many weeks do you have an idea of, like... Uh, well, definitely all through the Canadian winter. What? So that, that's like, that's a good, like six months, eight right. months. Um, I would say like nine months. Nice. Yeah. That's very cool. So when I look back at my career, like I can point to parts of my childhood and go, ah, I watched George Carlin and I really liked him. So I wanted to become a comedian. Was there ever something where you saw someone do hypnotist or something like that and said, I want to do something like that? I had zero exposure to it. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think what it just came down to is growing up, I always knew I wanted to do something that was my own business. Okay. I come from a very entrepreneurial family, so I really wanted to do something that was my own business. And I wanted to do something that was different. And I really liked the idea of helping people. So when, when I had discovered hypnosis, I... And I was able to help people solve the puzzle in my own mind, mm. which I thought would never be solved. And I thought, wow, th this is something that I can really, really help people with and and have a business out of it. It was it was really empowering, really wonderful to to be able to do that, to incorporate the two. Do you uh, have you, did you like because you're also like you're not just hypnotist, you're a comedy hypnotist. I mean, your show's mm -hmm. funny mm -hmm. uh, and quite funny, if I might say so. Um is there like a comedy person or persons that you were like, yeah, this is kind of where I get my sense of humor from or anything like that? Is your stage persona? <laughs> I'm still finding it. I'm okay. still, yeah, I'm still finding my funny. Um, I can make funny. I can get <laughs> other people to do really funny, silly things. Um, my stage persona. One thing I'm really learning is that uh, the honest answer to that is unfortunately no. Okay. Uh, I love comedy. I've always loved watching different comedians and stuff like that, but I never imagined myself in their shoes. Because I never, I never thought of myself as a funny person. It's weird, and now it's like I'm on stage, and and these like, you know, 
I make a joke and people laugh. <laughs> yeah, you're the it's, show. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's really wonderful. Um, really rewarding. It's such a blessing. Like really grateful. But um, and I'm finding more and more now that I'm, I'm I'm working more. I'm finding more, more of my place. I'm feeling a lot more at home on stage, mm. and I'm starting to find my funny a little bit more. And and what I'm one thing I'm learning is that um, it's just really learning how to be yourself, but a bigger version of you on stage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what I would say is being being you. Mm-hmm. You're funny. So when you come up with a bit, and for people who haven't seen a hypnosis show, I guess what I'm trying to say is like when you tell someone to be a certain thing, uh, is that stuff that just kind of where does your inspiration come for for that kind of thing? My inspiration comes from everywhere. It comes from life. It comes from watching things on TV or watching real life things. Or even, you know, if I, or uh, it also comes from being on stage and just having, oh, well, that will be funny, just spur of the moment, and it works, and then incorporating it into your next show. And even things that happen by accident and and getting a really big laugh and then finding a way to, to recreate that in, in, in the next show. So inspiration really comes from life, from everywhere, yeah. just every, every realm of everything. And I, I dream too a lot. Like I'll I'll sit and daydream about different routines and stuff like that, and 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 different things will come to me as well. Have you ever had someone uh, from a show come to you afterwards and be like, "That was life changing," kind of in the same way that it changed your life? All the time. It's really, cr- it's crazy. I just had a girl like ten minutes ago come up to me, or or right before I met you, come up to me and say oh, I had a really bad toothache and it was gone right after the show. And I said, well, in the seminar today, why didn't you say that? And she's like, oh, I was all the way in the back. Um, <laughs> or people saying that um, they had migraines or, or, or pains and aches and pains in their knees or their back or they had a really profound sleep and, you know, they're e- able to alleviate the pain and, and sleep really well if they normally don't sleep well. And, and just all, all kinds of things just from the stage show, um, people experiencing all these really great benefits. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Now I know a little bit about hypnosis simply because I've had another guest on who was hypnosis uh, a hypnotist. But wh- as, as I've come to understand it, hypnosis seems to be one of those things that doesn't have like a catch. You know, I feel like anything that's like, oh, this is good, but you know, like a candy bar, this is good, but it's fattening, or you know, working out's good, but you could get injured. Are there the- anything that you know of that is? bad that could be a potential bad side effect about hypnosis well of course not <laughs> no, well, um, I, no no it's, it's, no it's a, it's, a, it's a really great question um the honest answer is is the beauty of hypnosis is that there are zero zero negative side effects the only real documented documented side effect hypnosis is that one hour of hypnosis is equivalent to hours of natural restful sleep hypnosis is a naturally occurring phenomenon that occurs in all of our minds all the time mm-hmm. it's a natural brain state your brain waves move from beta down to alpha brain wavelength which is very similar to a meditative state however as the hypnotist i'm able to facilitate and to guide um and, and to really isolate that place in order to create uh, transformations, whether it's being funny on stage or or something in the clinic, uh, losing weight or smoking or pain or whatever it may be. 
So there really is a science behind it. And people look at the shows and they think, well, that is just too good to be true. That has to be fake or <laughs> she would have had to put like a plant in there. But but the reality is, is uh, people do lose their inhibitions under hypnosis and it does feel really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, I, I almost want like people drink to lose their inhibitions. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I want to host a party where people just show up and like I hire you to just put them under and so there's no alcohol involved and everyone's just like inhibitionless but they're also in a totally state. yeah absolutely it feels good it's like an endorphin rush yeah and there's it, no hangover in the morning no hangover <laughs> yeah it's exactly it yeah um but yeah it just it, it's it's a feel-good state it feels really good and as a hypnotist I'm able to isolate that and give a suggestion it, it really comes down to um suggestibility And people are suggestible if they choose to be. People understand that for a stage performance that they are going to get up there and they are going to do silly things. So when people say, well, they're faking it, the reality is, is no, they're they're not faking it at all. It is real. However, if I was going to ask somebody to do something that was really against their moral integrity or belief system, they just wouldn't do it. It would not work. Yeah. And people people understand the intention of a show that they are there to have a good time. The, I, I feel like there's a lot of stereotypes about hypnotists of like, you're going to turn someone into a chicken and they're going to be stuck that way or, or something like that. Uh, obviously, that's not the case, at least based on my experience. Uh, do you have any idea where those like weird stereotypes came from? Yeah, TV. Okay. <laughs> in, in the movies. Um, absolutely. It's, it's the media. And I think that, uh, you know, that whole, that whole zombie state and and that whole being in control um or being controlled uh the reality is is when you're hypnotized you actually have more control believe it or not your 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 all of your senses are in a heightened state mm-hmm. you really do become more 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 sensitive to the world around you you are more suggestible but you are in a heightened state and uh yeah it, it's it's really tv hypnosis is really powerful it is a powerful tool and tv has distorted that um and there are, you know I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of other examples that, that TV has done that too. There's a lot of myth and misconception, but I believe today hypnosis is where say chiropractory was 40 years ago mm-hmm. and in respect to the therapy, right? What did people think about chiropractory 40 years ago? Yeah. People thought it was a joke. And, and a hundred years ago, you'd go to your barber after a haircut, your barber would say, okay, open your mouth because your barber was your dentist. Oh, well, that yeah, sounds and, like a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, today you need a doctorate degree to be both a barber or a chiropractor. I mean, a, a, sorry, <laughs> a barber. Um, I want my barber to have a doctorate degree. <laughs> yeah, really. He, he might just have one. Um, but to be, to be a dentist or a chiropractor. And, and I believe hypnosis is moving in the same direction. Wow. So do you, do you think that people will have doctorate? Like, do you think it'll be like medicine? Like I, think of, I think eventually... That's amazing. For sure, yeah. How much training does one need on average to be a, hypno- a hypnotherapist? Um, a, a, a stage hypnotist, not as much as you would think. Okay. A lot of comedians and magicians transfer into stage hypnosis. Um, the danger is that is sometimes they 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 they're they're using a really great tool that works. Mm-hmm. Just like electricity works, we don't really know how how it works, but it works, and we use it. Fair. <laughs> These guys are kind of doing the same thing. Um, they're they're using this really amazing tool, but they they don't really know how it works. Um, and but uh, more in the clinical sense, again, it's it's not as regulated as it should be, which is why I believe that uh, it should be moving in the direction where 
where um, you, you need a, a proper degree to do hypnotherapy. Is there right like... Now, or it's just a certification right now. Is there like a like a union of hypnotherapy? Yes, there is. Okay, yeah. so there's, there's a little bit of policing going oh, on. Oh, of course, this. absolutely. You have to be certified. Yeah, there, there's... And, and, the, and their course, you have to go through their course material. You have to go through it. And there's a few different associations around the states. Yeah, and they're all maybe recognized by a board or something. By the government. Oh well, that's good. Yes, that's good to know. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just I don't. I and I don't think a lot of people have any idea like yeah. that that goes on. Um, in the United States, it, it changes from state to state. Uh huh. Um, for some states, uh, university has to be prerequisite. For other states, it, it isn't. Uh, some states don't allow a hypnosis school. Other states do. The largest association is in um, out of Marlboro, Massachusetts, and they're called the National Guild of Hypnotists. Wow. And did you train in Canada or did you come to the U.S.? To My train? initial training was in Canada. And again, it is a, a government uh, a school that's recognized by the government. It is an actual educational institute. Yeah. Uh, but uh, my education hasn't ended. I'm still learning. I'm still a student. I've I've uh, taken a lot of courses all over the United States from coast to coast. Nice. And I'm still taking courses. I'm I'm still very much a student. In that same vein, do you also teach people? The art of hip, have, uh, how yeah, to be a Yes, uh, I do teach at a lot of different conferences, nice. and uh, I'm absolutely an educator, for sure. Wow. So how did, as the ship at least calls you, you are the undisputed queen of hypnosis. Where did that uh, n- moniker come from? That stage name? Well... I didn't give myself that name. I'm just going to put it out there. I didn't give myself I, that I name. I believe you. I'm not <laughs> accusing you of anything. Um, it was it was actually given to me. And, uh, well, my name, N-A-D-E-E-N, and mm-hmm. Queen, you know. Queen and Nadine. Nadine. Kind of rhyme. It kind of goes together. So, sure. So it does have a bit of a ring to it. <laughs> and, uh, um, and yeah, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a fun stage name. Yeah, very yeah. cool. When you first started, was stage fright ever, were you ever like, oh, I'm in front of people. This is different than yeah, what I thought. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. No. Okay. It's really, actually, well, a little bit, but I hypnotized myself out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well. I used self-hypnosis. I did. I, I did have a little, but I mean, it, once I got up on stage, it wasn't an issue at all because just... I, I knew what I was doing. You know, I, I, I know my craft, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, earlier you said that you come from a family of entrepreneurs. I feel like the stereotype, uh, which thankfully I don't run into as, as much as I thought I would, of like, oh, you want to be a comedian. Oh, you want to be a singer. Oh, your parents want you, wanted you to be a lawyer. And they're like, well, no, 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 that kind of thing. Uh, d- does anyone in your family be like, come on, get a real job or anything like that? Yes and no. Okay. Uh, everyone was like, because everybody knows me as... That I'm a, a bit of a risk taker. I've always been a risk taker. I've never been a try, afraid to try new things. And I told my family, this is what I'm doing. And this is my business. And the one everybody accepted it. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody really believed it or believed in it or, or really knew what it was. But I mean, I, I always say the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. So once I was able to really express express it not not just in 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 the therapeutic sense but get up on stage and put on a really good dynamic show then it was like you know before that nobody would ever really talk about it now you know 
my grandparents love talking about what their <laughs> <laughs> what their little granddaughter does um, because they're they're proud of me and and they're really supportive and, and really happy and uh, yeah it's 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 awesome as they should be you put mm-hmm. on uh, a stellar show thank you now uh, my pleasure um, what was so you, you worked at this uh, I'm sorry what was it called futures what oh future shop you worked at future was. Do you have like a story of like your worst day job before hypnosis started paying the bills? No, but one thing I will tell you is that my mother, um, we used, my mom has a little catering company and we grew up, uh, we grew up actually pretty poor. And um, what we would do is we would make food all week and then we'd go to the Amish market and sell it. (laughs) And that was our livelihood. So I just remember waking up at like 5.30 in the morning, packing up the van with everything, going to the market, selling or selling or working all day and then packing the van up back up and, and going home um, <laughs> from like as young as 11 years old and just doing that for years and years and years. And that was that I guess that would be it. But I mean, I wouldn't take that back for anything. That was like amazing. So you were you were cooking. What, was this like cooking or baking or both? Uh, making like baklava and baked goods and yeah. all kinds of Mediterranean type food. Wow. Mm-hmm. And at, at 11. So you were cooking pretty, pretty complicated dishes. Yeah. Well, were... I, my mom would cook it. Okay. You just help. <laughs> we, we would help her. Yeah. yeah. We would, we would help her. But my mom was, it was always the creative chef. Mom was always the main, the main person. Nice. And, and we'd, you know, she just would boss us around and tell us to do other things. To package, you know, packaging, labeling, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, one question I ask all my guests, which sometimes is hard for people to answer, is if I took away the entertainment world and it was gone. And in your case, I think I would also have to take away the therapy world. Um, do you think there's a career that if you had to, that you could you could do for a living and be happy at if hypnosis wasn't an option anymore for whatever reason? Rich, take everything away from me, put me on the streets with nothing, and it won't take me long before I find it and, and, and have it all back and with the equal amount of passion. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm one of those people. It really could be anything. I just, I feel very blessed mm-hmm. that I found something that I'm really passionate about and I really, really love. And I know that I will never retire. I, I think I'll be doing hypnosis no matter what. It, it's really part of me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love real estate. Okay. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> I you like sell, property. You I like sell to, stuff. I yeah. sell stuff, yeah. Absolutely. And I think the one thing about your job, uh, particularly even more than probably any other form of entertainment, is that the physical stress is not very much. So you could literally, you know, they're probably, you could do this into, into your 90s. You know, you could do it from a wheelchair. I could absolutely do it well into my 90s. I, and I could do it in a wheelchair. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen um, elderly hypnotists, uh, f- famous stage hypnotists, um, some of whom who have passed on, do shows in, in a wheelchair. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, because if you're a dancer, you know your your time is limited. You can only dance for so long, but you can hypnotize. Forever. The only limitations that exist are the limitations that that you give yourself. So it's it's just the limitations in your mind. Whatever lim- limiting beliefs that you have are mm. are your limitations. Well, and you can hypnotize yourself out of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, if I had any, <laughs> <laughs> which you, of course you don't. Yeah, I, I hope not. I'm, I'm sure I do. I just I just don't know I do. Fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So let's say I'm like a 15 year old kid 
and I say, I like, I saw your show and I go, I love it. I want to do it. What advice do you have for me? I would say, do it. That would be it. I would just say, do it. <laughs> I would say, you know, um, go take a class and do it. That, that That's always the advice I give for anybody who's interested in it. The only thing I can tell you is just to go out and apply it. Okay. Yeah. So like any particular place to go take a class? Or the National it? Guild of Hypnotists. Any... A- NGH.net. Okay. NGH.net. NGH.net. And yeah. then. And they will direct you where you need to go. Wow. Yeah. All right. Any uh, and so, if you're on the West Coast, uh, the I the International Federation of Hypnosis. International Federation on the West Coast, yeah. Interesting. Um, any tips for people who would just like be starting out? As far as here's something that I wish I had known when I first started, or something like that. Just get your hands on any reading material you can, and be sincere. If if it's for therapy, have a sincere belief that you can help this person and have a sincere belief that this person can help themselves because the reality is, is what you're doing. You're not doing anything to them. I don't do anything to anybody. Mm. They're doing it to themselves. You're facilitating facilitating them. You're directing them. So I'm not the one who's powerful. Um, So you just have a belief, have to have the belief that you can empower this person. And if you're getting up on stage to do a stage show, just make sure uh, you better reek of confidence. Because <laughs> if you don't, <laughs> you know, they're, they're going to know it and uh, yeah. it's not going to be as good or as dynamic. Do you have anything to like in a blanket statement you could say to people who, for whatever reason, are still skeptical that like hypnosis isn't real? Like, is there anything like you could say to that? I was like, I don't know, like try it, but like be open my I don't know, like. Well, on stage, hypnosis is an art, mm-hmm. but the reality is, is hypnosis is science. And if you don't believe that we've made it up to the moon, then we can't convince you of anything. You know, it's it's really you have to make a decision. And the people who don't believe it, it just really comes down to uh, lack of education. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, sure. Uh, you got a website you want to plug? Some stuff to... Yeah, go to hypnosisqueen.com. Hypnosisqueen.com. Yes. Very cool. It's uh, it's all Hypnosis Queen, so you can find Hypnosis Queen on Twitter. You can find Hypnosis Queen on YouTube, on Facebook, and, of course, my website. And uh, get on there, join my mailing list, watch some videos. It's a lot of fun. And whatever it is that you want to work on, whether it's working on your funny, working on weight loss, whatever it is, make sure you drop by hypnosisqueen.com. And you have like CDs and stuff. Do you sell those through your website? I do. I do. Very cool. And so if you if you can't make it to see Nadine, you can at least hear her voice, buy one of her CDs, and, and they can really help you out. For sure. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a delight. Pleasure is mine. Thank you. Living the dream. Huge thank you to Phil Ranta and the Comedy Podcast Network. Original artwork is by Tom Burns. The original music is by Diana Lawrence. If you have questions about the show or if you have suggestions of who I should interview, email me. It's livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. I like emails, so send it. Facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast has more info about the show. It has pictures of people I've interviewed, little blurbs about what they've done, links to their websites, etc. If you haven't already done so, subscribe on iTunes, leave a comment, rate the show. Next week's episode, I speak with professional trombone player Bethany Smulo. That should be interesting. Thanks for listening. My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream. 